today on This Christian Life. I was in the middle of the road screaming, flailing my hands, and she said, if you get in that car, you're going to die. I don't even know who I was when I look back on it. it. It just was, you know, such evil in my life. Meet Sarah Taylor, our storyteller for today. She had a career in sports, in television, and she was living her dream in California. But then a vicious attack came out of nowhere, threatening her life and filling every moment with fear. As strong as she was, when faced with unspeakable evil, fear threatened to destroy her life. But God has a way of overcoming fear. There were so many times where I heard him or felt him and crying out Jesus brought me the most peace than anything else in my entire life. I grew up in a sports family. Like we centered a lot of our days around sporting events. I have an older brother. We both played sports. My parents are athletic and actually at a young, young age, literally a child, I had a little um, tape recorder. I would record myself and like I had a like pretend radio show and I would kind of pretend that I was interviewing athletes. Like I used to pretend I was interviewing Eddie George. And then I had a full circle moment and met him like two weeks ago. So that was fun. Wow. So that's really cool that your childhood dream became a reality. Most people don't get that chance. Um, so where did you go to school and how did you wind up in San Diego? I did my undergrad in California and grew up in California. But when I graduated from college, I got a job offer, my first job offer to be a sports reporter in Alabama. I was out there for about a year and then got a job offer in San Diego was where my job was going to take place. And it was pretty pricey to live in, but I felt like that was a good fit. So I had moved into my new neighborhood. I'd only lived there for about a week and I'm a big runner. I enjoy running. It was around noon, my lunch break, decided I was going to go out and explore the area on a run. So went out and was kind of just running around, didn't really even know where I was, but I was close to home. And as I began to run up a hill, there was a man and he was bent over in the back seat of his passenger side of his car. And it looked like he was grabbing groceries out or something, wasn't sure. So I just kind of started to run past him. And before I knew it, he had turned around, grabbed me. And I remember thinking like, this is a joke. Like, why are you touching me? I truly didn't believe it was happening. And after kind of some of those thoughts registered, I felt this really intense pain in my chest. And I looked down and he had something positioned against my chest. And I was just so confused. And then he really began hurting me and he started assaulting me and, you know, shoving me and trying to get me to the back of his car. He had his hand locked in my hair and was just shoving as hard as he could to get me in. And that's when it was like, whoa, this is real, you know. I had this moment actually where, you know, I had a sick day back in high school where I just stayed home sick. So I was watching TV and I, Oprah was on during the day. So I watched Oprah 
and she was interviewing this woman who had been abducted. She had been abducted and was in this man's car, and she said, if I stay in this car, I'm gonna die. And so she opened up the back door and jumped out of the moving car on the freeway and like broke all these bones, but she ended up being okay. But she had said, you know, I'd rather have done that than let him have his way with me. So I actually heard her voice in my mind and she said, if you get in that car, you're gonna die. That was kind of the moment that it clicked for me and I fought, fought, fought as hard as I could. You know, I'm about 5'6", 115 pounds. I'm a pretty small girl. I was overcome with just this fight or flight that they talk about. So fought, you know, positioned myself any way I could to just fight back. I was kicking, punching, screaming, anything I could do to get away from his grip. And I realized halfway through that the really bad pain I had in my chest was a taser, so he had been tasing me the whole time. And it was just creating this intense pain, but that kind of all went away as my adrenaline kicked up. So there was a moment where I actually was able to get away from his grip a little bit, and he only had one hand on me, and he tried to taser me again, but I backtracked so fast I was able to get out of his hold. And I sprinted to the middle of this road. As I did, a female, was driving down. She looked about my age in her car. I was in the middle of the road screaming, flailing my hands and just saying, please pull over. So she did and I said, you know, there's a man over there, he's trying to kill me. Please just take me to, you know, my house. You know, she was terrified and didn't know what was going on. And, and when I pointed to where he was, he was gone. So he had jumped in the back of his car to hide and I just explained to her, I'm so sorry, I, this has got to be scary for you, but can you just, just go, go, go. So she went and she drove me to where I live. I said, you know, thank you so much. She's like, can I stay with you? What can I do? And I was like, just drop me off here. I don't want him to follow us. I don't want him to follow you. I just so appreciate you picking me up. And I said, can I just get your name? And she was like, yeah, my, my name's Sarah. What's your name? And I was like, my goodness, my name is Sarah. In that moment, you know, when I reflect on it, I really believe that she was my angel. You know, she, w what are the chances that she would have been driving down at that exact moment when I needed somebody? I'm an angel, my answer prayer. I ran back to my apartment. Immediately, I, I called my family. They were back in meetings, so they didn't answer. And at that point, I just called the police department. Within 30 minutes, there was a helicopter circling the area and seven La Jolla police officers packed into Sarah's one-bedroom apartment with no air conditioning in the middle of the summer. Through it all, she had to relive the attack over and over as she described the assailant to the sketch artist. Obviously, we were sorting through the details. At first, since I was a female on television, they believed it was a stalking incident. But as more details were revealed, they were able to identify that this had been an attempted abduction for human trafficking, which I knew nothing about at the time. But my detective had told me, you know, this is a hot spot for it just because we're so close to the border. And it's something that a lot of people don't know is taking place. But here's what's going on. That was so terrifying for me. The Bible says there's an enemy 
going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And it's not just physically. Sometimes the enemy's goal is to rob us of our joy, to take away our trust in the Lord. In just a few short moments, Sarah became a victim, not just of an attack, but of crippling fear. When all of the police officers left my little apartment, I remember just sitting there like so depleted, so helpless, just so confused. I, I didn't even understand what had just happened. I'm still in my sweaty running clothes. I've, I've got these boils on my chest from being tased. I feel so violated and I have nobody. I just sat there and looked at my little rescue dog and thought, what am I gonna do? I don't, how do I move on from this? Like, what just happened? And I just broke, completely broke. And I just remember laying on the floor thinking, I don't know how I'm ever gonna move on from this. And then after that sheer panic set in, that's when I really began to get really fearful. He was still out there at the time, so, you know, shut all my blinds, shut my curtains. I remember my body just like physically shaking, tried to eat something, couldn't. You know, there was so much fear there, but also like one of my favorite activities was truly taken from me. Like I couldn't even strap on my running shoes. My favorite activity felt like it was taken from me because it was not something I felt comfortable doing. I mean, I could hardly leave my house and feel okay. I've talked to a lot of people that have been in tragic situations like car accidents or health things, and going back to doing that same activity is always a really hard process because, mm. because of the fear. I'll never forget walking downtown San Diego to my office, and every person that I walked past, you know, I would look them in the eye, and they would look back at me, and I would think to myself, oh my God, they want to kill me. Psalm 140, 4 through 5. Guard me. O Lord, from the hands of the wicked, preserve me from violent men who have planned to trip up my feet. The arrogant have hidden a trap for me, and with cords they have spread a net. Besides the way, they have set snares for me. I remember I was walking my dog one day, and I saw a man on his phone sitting at the park, and I saw a lady on the phone like a few feet away. And I thought that they were on the phone together scheming on how they were going to kidnap me and kill me. I had started to creating all these insane scenarios that weren't even close to the truth, but I believed they were the truth because I was plagued by such fear. You know, I would see a car that looked like his. I would think it was his. I would see cars parked outside of my apartment. I thought he was sitting in them, watching me, waiting for me to come out. I would see him in the middle of the night. I'd wake up from a nightmare and I would see him on my balcony. I would literally see him and I would just, oh, it was the, the worst feeling in the world. I would get home from work and I'll never forget I had a routine every single time. I'd check under my bed, I'd check my closet, I'd check my shower curtain, I'd check my balcony, I would check every crevice in my apartment to make sure no one was hiding in there. This was my reality and I couldn't escape from it no matter what I did. And that's why I was like, I need to heal from this. I need to do something because this is not normal. And this is my reality now. And I don't like how I'm thinking. I mean, I was at the lowest I've ever been in my entire life. I've, I don't even know who I was when I look back on it. 
it, it just was, you know, such evil. It was just an act of evil and just such evil in my life. And thank God that I knew Jesus and Jesus is my rock. He was the only reason I got through it. There were so many times where I heard him or felt him and he reminded me that I am safe. He has got me. I have to put my trust in him and, and I cannot live in this fear. But he has shown up so many different ways in my life to remind me that there's no need to fear because he's, he's got me. Like, especially in the middle of the night, I couldn't come up with a prayer. I couldn't come up with anything. And all I could muster up was the strength to say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Or Jesus, Jesus, just his name or just that simple prayer. And I think there's so much beauty in that because he doesn't need this big, fancy prayer from us. He meets us in the trenches when we're at our worst and he is always there. And crying out Jesus brought me the most peace than anything else in my entire life. And it's all I could muster at the time. And there's still circumstances where it's all I can muster, but it's the one thing that I believe has the most strength is just the power of his name. You know, that was something that I really relied on and still do. Several years later, like I felt like I had healed and turns out something happened, got re-triggered and had to go back and, and do some more healing. And I heard him say, you know, Sarah, do not be afraid. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Which is not even like a verse that I have said to myself often or anything. Like it just was so clear to me because I used to get really scared to take my dog out at night. Ever since then, I truly felt like he had his arm around me and he was walking with me. Like I had this shield of protection over me, I truly did. And ever since that day, I have never been fearful in that same way. Psalm 28, seven. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exults and with my song I give thanks to him. Ever since the attack, I said, you know, Lord, let me glorify you through this. You got me through this, you made me stronger through this. So like, how do I, you know, serve others and glorify you through this. Put me where you want me, use me. I know you had me go through this for a reason. How can I serve you in all this and serve other people? So it's really given me this service heart for the people who are victims of human trafficking or those who are going through it or abuse of any kind. So really the only way God ever could take something so evil and meant for so evil and make so much good come out of it. Yeah, it reminds me of Joseph when his brothers threw him into slavery and then when they're all in fear at the end, and he said, you meant it for um, evil, but God meant it for good. Pretty much one of the biggest questions that people don't trust in God for. Yeah. Because um, they see all the pain in the world. I was listening to a pastor and he put it in an elegant way. He's like, sometimes we don't know the answers, but we know what the answer is not. And it's not that he doesn't love us mm. because Jesus had to suffer for us. So good. And it's like, we can't always understand what's going on, but if God could use the horrible suffering of Jesus for our good, then he can use any other suffering for our good too. Wow, that's a beautiful picture that he's painted there. Yeah. I think that's spot on right there. Do you have any advice for people that have gone through this or people that want to protect their kids or want to help? One of my messages is you don't have to live in fear. Because when I tell my story to dads or other females or anybody, people tend to feel really scared. You know what I mean? Because it's a scary idea. 
And it's a scary thing that's happening. However, there's ways to be more aware, but to not live in fear. That's my biggest message is we weren't meant to live in fear. Like the motto of my life is John 10, 10 of, of the thief comes to kill and destroy, but I have come so that you may live more abundantly. Like we were made to thrive. Jesus died on the cross so we could thrive in this life. We weren't supposed to just go through the motions. You don't have to live in fear. Just have some increased awareness. We are a very distracted society and there's distractions looming everywhere. You know, when you walk somewhere, put your phone away and just be aware of your surroundings. For those who have dogs and they, they have to walk their dog at night and sometimes they get scared walking past other people on the street or walking through a parking garage, whatever it may be. When you walk by someone, just look them in the eye and say, hi, how are you? It lets them know that you've acknowledged them and you're not a victim. Eliminate distractions and just be more aware. The man that attacked me had a lift sticker and he used that to kind of reel people in closer to his car. So I had a really hard time getting in lifts and Ubers after that. But how I was able to break free of that was just double check the license plate, make sure it adds up. If you have a feeling that you're unsafe, it's okay to get out. You are in charge, you make the decisions. Share your ride with other people. Give someone a phone call while you're in the ride. It's just kind of setting yourself up for success rather than living in fear. On the human trafficking side, there's so much we can do first. We can pray. They're always doing uh, like human trafficking walks to raise awareness, raise some funds and resources to help victims and to save victims and, and raise awareness. So there's so much you can do without living in fear. You know, it's just so hard because we feel so small, but you can play a big role in something like this. Anybody can. One of my favorite things you've said is that God didn't create us for fear. He created us to thrive mm -hmm. and, and not just to live and go through the motions, but to thrive. Mm -hmm. And I think that no matter what your situation is as a Christian is a lesson we all can learn. There's so much in this world to be fearful of right now. Mm -hmm. that it's easy just to doom scroll on your phone or be in front of the news the entire time. You gave some very practical tips, literally put it in a way in order to be safe when you're out doing stuff. But what helps you thrive through the day? However I choose to begin my day is usually the route it'll go. So if I choose to live in fear, worry, stress, anxiousness, I'm going to experience that through the whole day. But if I choose to just pray about everything and not worry about anything, my day typically goes a lot better. So every single day, I really try and make the conscious decision to give my biggest and greatest fears to the Lord. A fun exercise that I always do anytime I worry about something, I ask myself, Sarah, when has the Lord ever let you down? So why would he let you down now? And even when I feel like maybe perhaps he hasn't heard me in that moment, I remember, oh, his will is better than mine. You know, he's got us. He cares for us so much more than we can even fathom. Why would he leave us? That's really what I try and do. That's wonderful. So you're saying I shouldn't just open the news app first thing in the morning on my phone. No, there's been some really impressive research that shows that's the worst thing you could do to yourself in the morning. So it's actually good to just try and think of three things I'm grateful for. And I say a little prayer and then I'm up rather than getting the steady diet of all the scary news that's out there nowadays. Good news, bad news. It's happening everywhere, all the time, whether you see it on TV or not. 
There are victims all around the world who will never escape the horrors that are possible in this life. But God promises that in the end, through Jesus, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. Revelation 21.4 You know, the faith really was the only way. That was truly the only way I got through this. I think that's a big part of my story is just like, He can take something so, so, so bad and make so, so, so much good come out of it. Jesus Christ makes beauty from ashes. He turns our mourning into gladness. He causes all things to work together for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So no matter the trials you face, if your eyes are on the Lord, He will help you say, as David said in Psalm 23, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me in this Christian life. This Christian Life is a production of Family Stations Incorporated and is not affiliated with Christian Life Magazine or Plus Communications Incorporated. Family Radio.